welcome back to a fresh episode of Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't yet, check out our weekly email where we share actual marketing tips, useful podcasts, free guides, bonus resources, and much, much more to start your week off with a bang each and every Monday. You can sign up over at businessgrowth.email. And with that said, my guest today is James Buckley. James is the Chief Evangelist and Master of Ceremonies. He's a returning guest and he works over at JB Sales. James, welcome back, man. How are you doing? Yeah, dude, every, you, you're like such a good intro. I feel like there needs to be like applause after you say oh, the person's name. <laughs> come on, man. I'm just, just trying to make it as good as yours on the uh, on the JB podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fun on that podcast. We average about 4,000 downloads a week these days. Sweet. Good make work. it happen one day. Great make it happen. Indeed. So we're going to be talking all about why top performers are building their personal brands for now, for 2022 and beyond. So let's let's jump right in. Let's not mess about. What is the importance now, James, of um, why is it so key? Why do so many people ramble on about building a personal brand? How is it going to help us right now and beyond? There's a so there's a huge factor here that wasn't such a factor just a few years ago. And I hate to bring up the pandemic, but Two years ago, when the pandemic hit, we saw the fallout from the folks that just kind of came in and went through the motions. They never had any type of like digital footprint that they were leaving behind. Um, there was not a lot of extracurricular things that would build their brand and earn them more credibility with their prospects. And typically, these folks struggled to hit numbers more often than folks that had strong digital presences and great content that they shared out, original ideas personal brands that stood out. Um, And when that happened, we saw that 10%, that bottom 10% basically get forced out. But then something else happened. The way that buyers decided who they were going to give time to changed. And there's this step that got inserted into the buying process, which is Who is this person and should I be doing business with them in the first place? And this is where that personal brand became highly valuable because the number one thing that salespeople started to struggle with was credibility. Who's credible enough to get my buyer's time became the massive question on everybody's mind that no one was talking about. Mm. And once that 67% of people raised their hand and said, yes, I go and I look at people on LinkedIn, I look at people on Facebook and Twitter before I decide whether or not to give them my time, suddenly everybody got interested in how can I build a personal brand that earns me more credibility. The number one thing salespeople struggle with to earn from their prospects cold is credibility. And a personal brand is the avenue to earning that and getting a conversation with somebody you could potentially sell to. Yeah, I like it. And just like you say, no one's going to buy from you unless they trust that you're going to do a great job for them. Um, yeah, well, think about it like this. If you're a buyer and you take that step, 67% of them agree that they take that step and they look at somebody and what they see is sort of no activity, not a lot of articles, no posts at all. They only post their company stuff sometimes. What you just became in the mind of that per- potential buyer is a sleazy salesperson that just wants my money. They don't really care about what they're doing. They don't put a lot of effort behind it. This may not be true. You could be wildly passionate about it and not have a personal brand. There are people out there that are incredibly successful that don't own social media profiles. They never log into them. There are people that do this. But when you're selling and someone looks at you and that's what they see, 
you have a harder time earning that time with them that you need to be able to build rapport, start a conversation, find the value proposition opportunity, and insert it into the conversation organically, providing value for that customer. They'll never give you the time to go through that process if what they see is nil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I guess you could always compare it to getting someone's CV, and it's almost like seeing a blank page. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, you know, I don't think CVs are as important as they used to be, to be honest. No. I think if somebody's requesting a CV, many people in the modern working environment would have to go go to Google and go, what is a CV? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, almost, it's almost got to that stage, hasn't it? Now, I think to, so. to break things down to basics, James, what would you say is a summary of a personal brand? And I know everyone that's been on the show and talked about this has a slightly different view, but I'm keen to know what you think. Yeah, so I define it quite simply. It's not complicated, and this is how I define a personal brand. It is a digital representation of your professional self. Simple, easy. That doesn't mean you only post professional content. It doesn't mean you can't talk about things that are outside what you sell. But your personal brand is that digital image of who you are and what you care about and your passion for life, your product, your customers, your service, the things that you care about, uh, hobbies that you might be into, macros that other people might be into that draw them towards you. If you're not representing these things with your strong personal brand, then people don't know why they should connect to you. People don't have anything that draws them in your direction. I always say that Salespeople essentially talk to two kinds of people, people that like their personalities and gravitate towards them and people that are repelled by their personalities. Your personal brand is like a magnet. I, I can't think, I want to say it was Seth Godin. I could be wrong. Somebody said your personal brand is like a magnet. It has two poles and on one pole, it pulls people that like it in your direction. Man, how valuable is that for a salesperson, right? And on the other pole, it repels people away and that's okay. You can't sell to them anyway. It doesn't mean that you can't be friends. It doesn't mean you hate that person that's repelled by your personal brand. What it does mean is that they're not a prospect for you. The people that are attracted to your personal brand often become prospects for you naturally, organically. And guess what? You don't have to chase it as hard. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a nice little summary. I've never really thought of it as a magnet. Um, but yeah, and and the ultimate thing, like you said there, is you want to attract the right kind of prospects. And right. I don't think there's anything wrong with what you said there, repelling, repelling poor kind of prospects, because ultimately you, as a sales rep, as a business owner, whatever standpoint you're at, you don't want to attract anyone and everyone because not everyone's qualified to do business with you and vice versa. It might be that they can't afford your stuff. They're not an ideal client. They don't need your help. They're not interested in your help, whatever it may be. I mean, there's a thousand reasons why, but I'll go, I'll go spiritual on you here for just a minute. Go for it. I believe that we've all met people that we naturally think to ourselves, I really like that person. And we don't know why. There's just something about them. It just rubs us the right way. We feel connected to them. We feel related. We feel like we relate to them. Like they just, we just like those types of people. And then there are other people where we meet them for the first time and we're like, oh, if I ever see that prick again, it's going to be way too soon, right? My belief is that the reason we get these feelings with strangers is that in a past life, we may have had a great relationship with this other person, this other soul. And on the other side of the fence, in a past life, this person may have wronged me. 
And when you get that feeling with strangers, I believe that's what's happening. It's our mm-hmm. past lives coming back at us and saying, hey, that, that one is not for you. Remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting way to look at it. It is strange, though, when you're flicking through LinkedIn or whatever social channel it, channel it is, and you've seen so many posts on a daily basis from this this one person, and they talk about something in that they an expert in so consistently, you almost feel like you know them. So you almost feel like, oh, yeah, I'm looking through the feed again in the morning, perhaps having a drink of coffee, whatever you're having. And yeah, you're like, well, it's, it's almost like I know this person because I see them so much. Yep, that's right. And the consistency is something that people start to gravitate towards, too. I, I've called a lot of people. I'm a cold caller. I default to the phone. If I have a phone number for you, chances are good I've dialed it in the past and found out it was a bad number or found out it was the right number, but you just ignored me. I'm fine, right? I'm a cold caller. I like cold calling. I'll talk to strangers. If you cold call somebody and they also follow you, even people that I didn't know followed me have picked Mm. up the phone and been like, oh, shit, James Buckley is calling me. (laughs) They get really excited. Say what sales, you know, like that's my brand. They yell it out at me. When you've done that, when you've accomplished that, you're you're on that path to becoming that brand that's well-known, that's recognizable, that people trust. Anybody that comes forward without any type of research or development or past history of success saying, I'm coming in to compete with Nike, every Nike, millions of Nike fans out there are like, I don't even know you, dude. Like, (laughs) I'm never switching. Like, that's my brand. A recognizable brand draws people in your direction, but it also puts what you're thinking and puts your thoughts out there for other people to share, for other people to support you. And that growth is both personal and professional. And we cannot grow professionally until we're willing to grow personally. Would you say it's almost an unfair advantage? So I just want to, before we talk, get get actionable and share some tips and strategies. I think that the people that haven't taken the time and haven't put a lot of care into their personal brand would label it as an unfair advantage. But I think the people that have a personal brand and use it to leverage and gain the advantage would say, no, it's just more strategic. They just know me more. Yeah. Reason I'm doing this is I want to basically show anyone that's tuning in that's perhaps heard of personal brand and probably thinks oh, this is a load of nonsense or rather yeah. just hit the phones, leverage my existing network, go to networking events, perhaps spend money on paid ads, perhaps do other marketing mythologies or they think there's better ways to spend their time. I really want to just say, look, this is this is what you can gain from being a personal, from starting your own personal brand rather, i.e. you can build trust, you can connect with new buyers, you can share content, you can attract the right kind of leads, repel the right wrong kind of leads. Um, More so say that, you can also learn a lot. Mm. I'm amazed at how many people follow my content and I'll say something or I'll write something and they'll reach out to me and say, James, I saw that video and you said this and that prompted me to reach out to you and here's why did you know about this and they'll share something and i'm immediately engaged not only am i immediately engaged with that person because they're following my content and referencing it in their message but i'm like what is this i said something what did i say i'm going back i'm looking at the video i'm looking at their message i'm going to the link they sent me i'm reading it i'm getting back to them i'm like this is interesting do Hmm. you want to chat about it like that's a great discovery call for that person. We've bought products because of that line of thought, right? Yeah, no, that's a good ad. 
like you say, you can learn stuff just from certainly from the LinkedIn feed. There's all kinds of advice depending on who you're connected to. Yeah, that you can not pick up and learn. <laughs> not not all of it. Not all of it great. That's for sure. There's a lot of bullshit out there. <laughs> We've gotten some shit advice before. You know? <laughs> Whether it's useful or not is another another conversation. That's but right. <laughs> with, with that said, if someone's tuning in, they're thinking, well, "This sounds quite good. I want to put this into play. I want to start." kick off my personal brand and see if it can actually help me leverage trust, leverage revenue, get some new leads um, and all this good stuff. What are some of the key considerations mm-hmm. or what are some of the key first steps to yeah. actually making it happen? Yeah. So I'm going to give you three steps that I took early on that helped me build say what sales. Uh, the first one is I came up with the hashtag. So I grew up in the eighties. Say what was like super popular in the eighties. And when I was starting out creating videos and writing content online, one of the most common questions I would get is, what do I say when? What do I say when someone says this? What do I say when someone responds that? How do I respond when they say this? So what do I say, say what sales came very naturally, plus the alliteration made it sticky. So come up with your hashtag. Let me just tell you, the hashtag has to be specific to you. It can't be something that somebody Googles and lots of other things come up and they end up scrolling forever trying to find you, right? There's another James Buckley out there. He's a British actor. Maybe you know him. You've seen the the in-betweeners, right? Oh, is he off the in-betweeners? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, he's a prominent actor, James Buckley. My goal in life is to become more popular than that James Buckley, right? That's a good goal. So come up with that hashtag that's specific to you. I can't be hashtag James Buckley because that's that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So say what sales is my hashtag. And then mm-hmm. in my content. So I used to work with a guy. His name is Kenneth Herring. And he is hashtag Mr. I hate Mondays. <laughs> and he started out as hashtag Mr. I hate Fridays or I love Fridays. Well, that was not as popular as I hate Mondays. <laughs> so at the end of all his videos and his stuff, he would say his thing. And then he would say hashtag Mr. I hate Mondays. And then he would say his slogan. And I heard it so often that I was like, oh, man, you know, what am I going to say to like wrap my stuff up? And I've always sold to salespeople. That's like who I sell best to. I sell to sellers. So at the time, I was trying to attract more people that sell. So I came up with, if you're a salesperson, we're the same person. This way, when people hear it, they're like, we're the same person. Like, I am a salesperson. Me too, man. Right. And they come towards me because we're the same person. Now people yell that shit back out at me at events. Hey, we're the same person. And while you're like, oh, hey, man, what's happening? <laughs> you know, like that's that's tight. High five. Right. Uh, or air high five now, I guess. Uh, the uh, the other side, the last thing. Is, so come up with your slogan. Come up with your hashtag. What are you going to say that you, it belongs to you? And then what hashtag are you going to use to promote it with all your shit? And then the third step is open up a doc on your phone, on your laptop, on a device that you always have with you, make a list and develop this mind frame of that would make good content for my audience. Oh, you know what that, that reminds me of a situation in sales that I come across all the time. Make a note and add it to the list. Every time you have an idea, and we all have it, right? Everybody has ideas all the time throughout the day. And we're like, oh, that's a good idea. I got to write that down. And then you never do. And then you never go back to that idea. You never revisit that idea. This happens to everybody. It's a very human thing. 
if you take a moment, even if you have to pull off the side of the road because you had this idea in the car and you pull over onto the side of the road and you open up that dock and you jot that idea down really quick, that is a good move because every day you're going to wake up and reference that ongoing list of ideas and execute on one of them. Just one. It doesn't have to be 700 tweets a day, even though that's wildly effective for some reason, right? We're playing the algorithms there. But consistency once a day on all these platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, all of them. Consistency there will build a network. Consistency over time equals audience. That's the equation. Yeah. Just a quick one on the hashtags. How much importance do you think there is on that? Because personally, that's why I focus mainly on LinkedIn because a lot of our buyers are B2B and that's how we get a lot of inbound just because I post daily tips on websites and SEO, simple as that. Now, I've always struggled with them because I've never really seen if there's much benefit if I add like, I don't actually have a custom one, so maybe I should do that. I just add things like digital marketing, SEO, web design, et cetera. Um, How much importance do you think there is on having your own personal, unique hashtag that you shared with us and your slogan just then? So the platform that you're putting this content on matters. If I'm putting content on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's kind of stringent on hashtags. They're not, it's not a very useful tool there for SEO. Sure it is if you are limited with it. So sometimes I'll put a written post out or I'll put a video out and I'll use two, three hashtags. My mm. my hashtag, say what sales, all one word. And then I'll go and I'll do like hashtag negotiation or hashtag prospecting. And that's because that's what the content is about. But those two hashtags are only hashtags that I'll use. Sometimes it's three, four at the most, you know, really sparing hashtags on LinkedIn. Now on Instagram, hashtags have a different function. They function in the SEO world. So the more hashtags you can use on Instagram, the more exposure you're going to get. And you can actually go in and find the best hashtags to use with hashtag expert. I use this all the time. It's an app on your phone. And you just type in your first hashtag, your main theme, and you hit go. And it generates all these other hashtags that are associated to that. And you can pick and choose the best ones. Here's another quick tip. Instagram specifically. You can type in the search bar a hashtag and you can see how many people have used that hashtag. If it's a wildly popular hashtag, I don't know if you know this, but when you use a hashtag on Instagram, that hashtag starts to show up in your feed. Got it. That's useful because I'm an Instagram noob. So Dude, that's Instagram. I, I can't tell you how many people hit me on LinkedIn and say I follow you on Instagram. I can't tell you how many people on Instagram hit me and go, I follow you on LinkedIn. One yeah. network feeds another one. And that's why omnipresence with your personal brand is the best thing you can have. TikTok is like bananas right now. Morgan J. Ingram is murdering it on TikTok. So you of your third of your three points James the third point was to make a list of good content for your yeah. audience so let's dive a bit deeper on that what defines good content and who should you target as your audience yeah so we always talk about icp for those of you that don't know what that is it's ideal customer profile and normally this refers to a company especially in the b2b space but there's a persona within that company And that ideal persona is the thing you want to create content for. That person is the person that cares about the stuff you want to talk about. So what dictates good content? Content that generates connection that leads to conversation. That's what that's in the sales world. 
in B2B, that is what makes great content. Let me, I'll give you the whole funnel so you can see it fully. Go for it. Content is the road to connection. That connection should lead to conversation. That conversation gives way to a relationship. Some people call this trust, others credibility. Once I've established that stage in the funnel, I should have no problem either uncovering or earning an opportunity. And the law of averages says the more opportunities we have, the more sales we make. This is not rocket science. This is 2,000 plus years of human instinct that we are born with to sit around fires, eat meat, and derive value from one another. It is yeah. very difficult for people to not engage with you after they've engaged with your content because they feel connected to you. Chili Piper is the most advanced routing and scheduling software for B2B revenue teams. Its product helps demand generation teams convert more leads into attended meetings, sales teams book more demos faster, and customer success teams to delight their customers. Companies like Shopify, Forrester, Spotify, and Gong use Chili Piper to double their inbound conversion rates, eliminate manual lead routing, and streamline critical processes for meetings. Book your free tailored demo today at chilipiper.com. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R.com. Are you tired of competitors stealing your traffic, leads, and sales all because they're higher on Google? Maybe you're investing in paid ads but want to enjoy the benefits of organic SEO, meaning free traffic and inbound customers and not having to pay Google for every single click. Or perhaps you're running SEO and ads, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Any of this sound familiar? Let the team at WebChoice fix that for you. Book a free consultation today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. In terms of the content you tend to share, so in terms of kind of building a list, are there any, for people that perhaps struggle with coming up with fresh ideas and they struggle, they think, I'm not sure what my ideal client wants to see today or this week, or I need to put together some posts so I can do, let's say, one a day like you recommended. Any tips for how you can actually come up with some decent ideas that are going to resonate and start those in conversations? I have a couple tips. My first one is go talk to your customer success team. And talk to them about your top five customers and why they love you. And then take that list of things that they care about, that they love you for, and go look for things that you can relate to those things and talk about those things. Because the people that relate to it are going to like, comment, share, engage, leave a comment somewhere. You know, maybe they reshare it to their network. Maybe they tag a few friends. Everybody's seen this happen. Those friends are great prospects. And you know what I do? I reach out right away and I say, hey, since people are tagging you in my content, I thought we should connect. <laughs> no one has turned me down. <laughs> so here's another tip. You're looking for great ideas, great content, and then how do I get to know them? Know your ICP. Know your personas within. Read their LinkedIn profiles. 
if you have a list of people that you want to potentially sell to in the near future, what are their job descriptions? What does their about page say? Can you pick things out of those places on LinkedIn and create content about them? Because if you do, and then you send that piece of content to them after you post it and say, after reading your LinkedIn profile, I created this content based on what I read about you. I promise high engagement. I promise. Because not only is that hyper-personalized, but it's relevant to them specifically. And you've created content about it. So you can do this sparingly throughout the day. Take five minutes, pick your best prospect, read their LinkedIn profile, create a piece of content that's relevant to something that's on their LinkedIn profile. Don't call them out by name because it's not for them on the content side. It's for them when you email it to them and you say, based on what I learned about you, I shared this piece of content today and I'd love, this is magic, I'd love your feedback. Nice little open-ended CTA at the end there. Well, so notice that it's not a question either. I'd love your feedback is a statement, right? No ask. We have to change our brains. Number one thing that salespeople do, almost every message, can I have 30 minutes? Can I have 15 minutes? One of that, one of those is in there, right? When can we connect? Too, that's too much. That's too easy for me to say we can't, right? And then sometimes the biggest mistake I see is there's no call to action at all. But I'd love your feedback is not only a call to action, it's not a question. I'm not asking you for shit. And that is different. It stands out in a sea of the same. And you created content based on what you learned about them. So their ego is going to kick in hard right there. Yeah. No, I like the tips about talking to your customer service team. That's probably one of my top ways to create content on LinkedIn. I don't come up with many original ideas. Most of the things that I post around questions that I get either from prospective clients or existing customers all around how do I do this? What's the best way to do that? How long is it going to take to do that? What did you find was the easiest way to do this? Literally, if I get those questions, I'll make a list of it and maybe put it into a video, maybe put it on a solo episode on the podcast, maybe then repurpose it into a LinkedIn post, a blog article. Just list down these questions that you get regularly because if people are regularly asking you them, you know that more people are going to be asking you them in the future. And not only does it give you decent content to share on socials, whether that's LinkedIn, it means you can even create videos about it, podcasts about it. And then when someone asks you, just say, check out this link. It's going to give you all you need and more. Yeah. You know, questions are funny in the sense that like some people will label a, a dumb question or a smart question or a good question or a bad question. Um, no matter what question you're asking, I promise there are at least 500,000 people in your area, in your space that have the same question. I promise. The yeah. dumbest questions are the ones that you didn't ask, even though it was on your mind. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably one thing that repels some people from starting a personal brand or starting content. They probably think they don't have anything interesting to share. But the thing is, you probably know your industry a hundred times better than anyone that doesn't. So most things that you're gonna that you're about to share, as long as they're in some aspect educational, helpful, entertaining, and they're around your vertical, your industry, what you sell then they're probably new ideas to people that don't know about it. Well, so you said something interesting there. The phrase that you said that I caught was, I don't have anything interesting to share, which is a common thing that I hear when I talk to people about building their brand. Here's what I say to them. It doesn't have to be your interesting thought. You can share your learning experience, your journey, and you can ask people what they think about a specific topic, about something. 
guess what all those people probably are for you? Prospects. Because if you are learning in a specific space that you're selling into, and one of the things that's confusing you is X, and you're saying to your network at the end of your video or your post, hey, if you are one of these types of people, what do you think about this topic? I'd love your thoughts in the comments. People want to innately, they want to share their stories. They want to talk about what they know. They want to highlight their expertise. So you can quite literally create content and ask those people to chime in and then reach out and thank them. Hey, thank you. Your answer was really helpful. I'd love to connect sometime and talk more about this, about this, this thing that you responded to. Hopefully you're smart enough to create content that you can talk more about that thing, whatever that thing is. And it's something that you actually can sell to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So slight side topic, how much of the content that you put out in your opinion, James, should be related to what you actually sell mm. and how much should be personal? Yeah. So I think that's a comfort level question. Um, some people are able to share very personal things about them. And like me, I share everything. Like my whole life is like a big open book uh, because I don't care about your judgment. Right. But some people do actually care what other people think and the kudos to them, like no judgment here for that. Uh, but you've got to decide what your comfort level is. Great example. One line that I often don't cross is I don't like pictures of my kids or my wife online. They don't like it. They don't want to be there. So I don't post it there. You know, occasionally I have an exception where like they're part of like something that we're doing together and they want to be a part of the photo. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to share this and they're fine with it. But on the whole, I don't share much about my my kids and my wife. I share about my family. I share about stuff that we're going through. I share about things that we're experiencing. But there's not a lot of vote photos of them or video of them on my pages. Right. Some people. They don't care. They share their pictures of their kids all the time. Go ahead, man. Like you can decide your comfort level. For me personally right now, I would say about 60, 40, 60% to the content side about what I do and how I help people and problems that I'm seeing and, you know, stuff that's related to my industry and my space. 40%, hey, I'm at this hockey game and having a blast. Check out the wiener dog race, right? Like it's a lot of fun. It's supposed to be fun. Don't forget, the thing that you do with a lot of your professional time is supposed to be enjoyed. You're supposed to enjoy it. It should be fun. And if it's not fun for you and you're not having fun selling it, no one is having fun buying it from you. I promise. It's stressful and pressure-filled and probably not very successful for you long-term, not sustainable. Fun, exciting, easygoing, easy to buy from, easy to sell to. Those, those people are, are matches made in heaven, and it's hard to say no to them. Yeah, I suppose if you put personal, if you, if you have a mix, if you put some personal posts out there, whether that is pictures of what you're up to on the weekend or what you enjoy doing outside of work, whatever that might be, I yeah. suppose it also gives people a, a kind of insight into what it might be like working with you as well. Because if you're only yes. ever putting kind of more corporate stuff, and they don't see what you like outside of work. It might give you a bit of insight into the personality yeah. and might help people take a shine to you. Those that might might have been on the edge of deciding whether to work with you or not, that could be the difference between them dropping you a message and saying, hey, 
been enjoying your content. Let's discuss this project or whatever. Well, think about this. When you look at somebody's profile picture, what do you see? Do they look like this? That's just me. If they look <laughs> like angry and upset and frustrated, tread lightly when you talk to this person because their personality is relatively rigid. You're judging that on looks, you know? Or do they look like me with their thumbs up and that big stupid smile, right? Like, I'll fucking talk to anybody. I don't care. You know, like, it's awesome. High five. Let's meet. Can we do stuff together? Cool. If not, elbows, man, I'll holler. Like, reach out if I can help you in any way. Like, yeah. that's my job. Talk to strangers. I've, I've been saying this lately, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, we have to recognize what the purpose of the brand is. It's so that people stop and talk to us. So that people will make that attempt to get us to have conversation with them. We're told our entire lives, don't talk to strangers, don't get in their cars. When we're kids, this is a huge focus for our parents. When you are an adult seller as a profession, the job is not only to talk to strangers, but get in the van and have some candy. Get in the van and play with the puppies. Go with them wherever they're going. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that, but I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm saying, like, dude, like, when you think it's fucked up, when you think about it, it's really real. Like, that's the job when you're in sales and when you're building a brand. Like, you know, how do I get this person to stop in their windowless black van and be like, hey, hop in. We got the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good analogy. So it's worth adding at this point that James actually had a flood over the last day and he still agreed to do this podcast with us yeah. so it shows that he's he's all about kind of helping you out with your personal brand and normally he's got an awesome studio with his whiskey cellar and his wine vaults and his beer vaults behind him so yeah, yeah appreciate that, that dude thanks for thanks for still coming along out, man. I, I, like the, if you knew what happened to me over the last 24 hours you have no idea i'm like so beside myself i don't even have the words for how much water was in my house top man well hopefully you can get it get it fixed sharpish um so wrapping this up in terms of channels, so you mentioned, James, did you say you're doing kind of one post across social channels each day? Is that right? That's right. That's right. Sometimes more than one. I, I'll be honest with you. A lot of people struggle because they're afraid that they're going to like get weeded out by this algorithm that's mysterious that they don't understand. We have to let go of this thought. Don't worry about that shit, man. You're never going to figure that algorithm out. And the moment you do, it's going to change. So don't stress over it. Instead, just think about a content strategy overall that makes sense for you to be consistent and then allow the content to do its job and go where it needs to go and affect the people that it needs to affect. But don't give up on it. If you give up on it and you step away from it, your engagement will go down and you'll have less new conversations and new conversations get in the van that's the job. You need that, right? That's the whole purpose of being out there and putting yourself out there. People use the internet in lots of different ways. We can go into that on another show. But for the purpose of B2B sales, building your brand and being consistent, posting content out there is what gives you that living, breathing thing that everyone wants to be a part of. And everything starts with how do I get this person to want to talk to me? Personal branding revenue generation, getting cash in the bank. A lot of people tuning in are probably going to want to know how can I result, how can I actually turn this into revenue for even my company to hit my sales target and get my commission or how can I use this to grow my own business? Now, you've mentioned quite a bit about starting conversations. Should we be looking at this from more of an outbound strategy in terms of 
messaging people that fit our ideal client persona or should we be hoping that our content that we put out consistently is going to attract the right people and they'll direct message or call us? Yeah, it's both. It's both and it always will be. What we should be doing is creating consistent content that is either personal or professional and then mining that content, literally going in and saying, hey, I have five comments on this post. Who are these people? Do they work at companies that are my ICP? Are they my persona that I could sell to? And if you ask yourself those questions with each piece of content that you put out and then build your network based on that, you will have a network full of people that can buy from you. And isn't that the best kind of network? Absolutely, right? From a where do I put what perspective? Know that the style of content that you put on one platform can't be exactly the same on, on another platform every single time. Sometimes I have to create two videos. Sometimes I can use the same video on every platform. It doesn't always, it's not always cookie cutter, but every time somebody engages, likes, comments, shares, I go and I find that person. And if they're my ideal client and my ideal persona, I'm immediately reaching out and my connection request says, hey, thanks for being a great Say What Sales follower. We've never had a conversation and I'd like to remedy that. So when you talk about joining, like, like taking your content and creating revenue out of it for your company, that's the way. Because that new conversation is the path to the revenue. And there's this messed up like leadership thing like, oh, you're talking to people that are engaging with your content. You should be talking to prospects. My immediate response is, how do you know the people that I'm not talking to are prospects if I don't talk to them? Yeah, It's like chicken and egg. You can't find out if someone is a prospect before you talk to them. And if you talk to them and then find out they're not a prospect, that's not time wasted either. But leadership has this mentality of like, I only want you to talk to people that are buying from you. Fuck, man, I'm sorry. Life just doesn't work that way. <laughs> mm. Well, it's almost like a quicker win. If you put out a post and you see that someone that, let's say, for example, you target marketing directors of certain companies, and if someone that fits that persona has commented on your post or liked it, it's a quick win, right? It means you don't have to go in cold. You can drop them a message and strike there. up a conversation about what resonated with them about your piece of content. There it is. Yep. What's the number one thing that salespeople struggle to have when they're reaching out cold? It's context. Every time. It's context. It's, rela it's relative context. It's relevance. Mm -hmm. Right. If somebody engages with a piece of your content and you're reaching out saying, thank you, first of all. Right. And you're also saying, what was it that you liked about that piece of content? I'd love to chat about it sometime. It's been on my mind for a while. And because you're in that business, I feel like I could pick your brain and learn a few things. How hard is it for that person not to be like, oh, my gosh, I really like that comment. And the reason I liked it is because you said this. I deal with that every single day. If that one thing that they say right there is the, the, the value that you're selling, you just hit a gold mine. Oh, I deal with that problem every single day. Hey, funny enough, you know what I do? I fix that problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's um, it's like, I think it was a guy called Benjamin Dennehy that came up the same, but I could be completely wrong. He's some will, some won't, so what, move on. So some will. Some won't, so what, move on. And ultimately, some people might tell you to piss off, but who cares? Most people are going to be quite receptive to this, probably 90-odd percent. Um, some might not reply. Many will say, yeah, I actually enjoyed what you said about this. In fact, this is going on at our organization. Or they might give you a referral. But the thing is, you won't know unless you actually strike on the opportunity and drop them a message and start the conversation, like you said.
I created a content a piece about having duplicate records in Salesforce. Huge problem for a lot of companies that leverage any CRM duplicate records. When I created that content, my one of my people, the people that I'm connected with, Justice Sikakani is his name, a legend in the Salesforce space, reached out to me in a DM and said, James, I just had a meeting about this problem. Call me today. I called him. We set up a meeting. Get, just follow this line. We set up a meeting. He ended up buying the solution to remove the duplicates. We then created a piece of content together about duplicate records. We posted it. One of his connections saw it, reached out to me to learn more about it, and we closed that deal. I don't want to tell you the, the amounts there, but they were big deals. Th that company was an enterprise company. Yeah, sure. The first deal that I had wasn't the biggest deal, but it, it was my window into the content that earned me the bigger deal. That line of thought, that's great branding right there. That is great content strategy. Hmm. All that hmm. happened on Twitter, by the way. Nice. Interesting. That's that's another channel I don't use. I, I spend most of my time content-wise on LinkedIn or YouTube, yeah. but I feel I should di diversify. It's just the time really for me between running a business, putting out content and channels. So yeah, if you've got any tips on how to... Um, Time block manage. and task management are your best friends. So we use Asana for task management. Shout out Asana. We love you. Uh, you make my life tick. <laughs> uh, but then we, I use Salesforce tasks for my sales pipeline follow-ups and stuff. So what I'll do is I will quite literally go into Asana and I'll look at my tasks and then I'll look at my calendar and I'll block off the timeframes to be able to knock those tasks out. And then I'll look in my Salesforce and I'll see how many open tasks I have to complete and I'll block off a window of time and nothing else can touch that window of time because it's allocated for this thing. I'm telling you, content creation is no different. Sometimes I'll set a reminder and I'll say, and I'll say, hey Siri, do me a favor and remind me tomorrow at 8 a.m. to post about X, Y, and Z. And then at 8 a.m. I get that and I go, oh shit. And I light up my phone and I do the quick thought that I had, and then I go back to my desk and I get back to work. It does not take a long period of time to create consistent content. It takes consistency and an understanding of what your audience cares about and try not to be too repetitive. That's it. If you can manage that, it doesn't take a huge amount of time. Twitter yeah. doesn't even allow you to post huge long posts. It's only a couple characters. I was going to ask, actually, timeline-wise, what do you recommend or what have you seen from perhaps either your own social personal branding work, James, or any of the clients or teams that you've trained up? What kind of timeline could people expect to see results? Um, by results, I mean, I guess, starting conversations or people starting to reach out to you and a bit oh, of both. And I, I would expect to see a good array, of, depending on your audience and your audience, mm -hmm size. I sell to salespeople. That is a very broad audience. Some people sure. sell to IT managers, right? a little smaller. Some people sell to CISO, right? Even smaller, you know? Uh, so it depends on your audience on how soon you're going to see results, because if you're creating content for a specific niche audience, it might take a little longer to grow your network. But if you're creating content about a specific problem that is a macro problem, big problem that a lot of people have, I would expect new conversation right away. I, 
I've put videos out and had 35 conversations in a day from one piece of content in the past. You can do it. It's a matter of whether or not you're willing to go through and look at those individuals and decide whether or not they're worth your time. Don't do what I did. I had to learn the hard way. Everybody's not worth that time. Look at them. Can you sell to them? Is it worth that cold call? Go for it. Don't just go through the list and waste time calling people that you probably can't sell to. Mm. James, have you ever seen anyone or heard of anyone or know anyone that gets 100% of their pipeline and hits or exceeds their sales targets from purely their personal brand and what we've discussed today? I don't know that it'll ever be purely done this way. Uh, you know what? I'll take that back. Uh, I would say that Gary Vaynerchuk could probably attribute <laughs> an enormous amount of his success to branding. Probably not 100%, but an enormous amount of his success came from his ability to constantly be creating content, sharing his thoughts, and not giving a rat's ass what anybody thinks about it. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got to be up there, hasn't he? Well, think about it. You can go on any platform and you can look at his daily posts, and I just about guarantee that you're going to see five, six posts a day. And he's... Probably one of the more successful personal brands out there right now, in my opinion. We could name a few names, but that one is the one that I think most people will resonate with the most. Yeah, and I can share as well from my side, which I've shared on older episodes. But right now, so our primary social platform is LinkedIn, and that's just me sharing organic posts, usually once, maybe twice a day, specifically, not around general stuff. Every now and then I'll, I'll share a personal post, but most of it is geared quite selfishly towards people I want to sell to. So that's usually a tip, a question, or a helpful bit of video, photo, or text-based content just around what we sell, so websites and SEO. And that actually is the third best performing channel for our sales pipeline. So each year we do well over six figures just from that content that I put out. So if you're sitting on the fence and wondering if it works, under SEO and under paid ads, LinkedIn Organic is our third best channel for, for revenue. So if I can do it, just by messing around on LinkedIn, then pretty much anyone else that's tuning in, that should be your your green flag to get off your ass and start. Get off, get off your sass. Um, <laughs> get off your sass, yeah. SEO, paid ads, personal brand, those are your top three. Yes, I think sir. that's amazing. Um, a fourth one that I will add that's coming back is events. Events are coming back in a big way. You reckon? Way. Yeah, uh, networking events are coming back, conferences are coming back, um, and I think what's changing is the way that we're interacting with each other, right? It's a little more cautious. I think we're also a little more in tune to like what we want to accomplish at an event. Uh, elbows <laughs> have become common, right? Everybody's, everybody's keeping their distance. It's a little more guarded, um, but a big smile and a fun attitude and a lighthearted conversation go a long way at an event. Just because you are there representing a company and you have a goal doesn't mean that that goal should overpower your connection with others. And you don't need physical connection to be able to be connected to somebody. Make somebody laugh today. You know, like if you do that, their guard is down, number one. Number two, it makes you feel good to make somebody laugh. That's a positive experience for both parties. Go for positive and let the rest take care of itself. Awesome, man. Nice way to wrap it up. James, always a pleasure to have you on, mate. Always enjoy Thanks. our chats. I appreciate you.
no worries thanks very much so with that said please do tell us more about how everyone can connect with you learn more about what you're up to at jb sales yes. and anything else you'd like to promote to us Yes. So you can get access to all our training courses, tips, techniques, tactics, takeaways at joinjbsales.com. We are excited to host biweekly Ask Me Anything sessions with the team there, as well as offer a Slack channel so you can reach out to us and get our advice anytime you want to. That's all part of the membership. It's $365 for the year, a dollar a day. You can reach out to me direct, james at jbarrows.com. You can also cold call me. I love a good cold call, 305 632-6005. And you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, at SayWhatSales, all one word. I'm pretty hard to miss. (laughs) Top man. Thank you once again, sir. I appreciate it. My pleasure, my friend. Thanks again for having me out. No worries. We'll put all of those links over on the show notes over at businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to give us a quick rating or hit that subscribe button wherever you're tuning in. We share actionable marketing tips to grow your revenue each and every week. And with that, We should catch you on the next one. Cheers.